You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, we are talking to Alan Witchie, president and CEO of the Damien Center. First off, thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Damien Center is and what do you do? Sure. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it very much. Uh, the Damien Center is a an organization. We're about um, almost 35 years old now, and we uh, focus on providing quality services to people living with HIV and people at high risk for HIV. And those services can kind of run a gamut. We have a medical clinic, so we're providing medical care. We have a mental health team providing counseling and, and support. We have uh, various case managers that help people engage in insurance or uh, find other services. We have food services, a food pantry that serves more than 500 families a month. Um, housing, that we work with people from uh, homelessness through uh, homelessness prevention and uh, helping various aspects along the way. We have people that uh, go out into the community and find people who've fallen out of care and get them back into care. And we do a lot of prevention services as well. So it's, um, it's, a, it's sort of a whole range of different things under one roof. And we find that works best because oftentimes um, low income and no income populations have transportation difficulties. And it's very hard to get around to multiple different organizations. So having everything under one roof really makes a difference. So you have a broad range of services then. And can I ask, how does, how does a diagnosis with HIV or AIDS, how does that connect to the different problems that you're solving with all of those different programs? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so HIV testing, by the way, is so easy today. It's amazing. I feel like I should start by saying that you can come in. Uh, it's free. It's an, uh, uh, and it's confidential and you can come in without an appointment or you can schedule an appointment. And it usually you get it in minutes. You get your test results in minutes now. Um, so it's, it's really extraordinary how quickly you get it. Um, and then um, once you test positive, we, we connect you into the various services um, that we offer. And you can um, kind of uh, intersect with um, thing, anything in the world under this roof. We have domestic violence, we have homelessness, we have poverty, we have people, you know, star uh, hunger issues. Um, all of those things intersect in around this health issue, right? So people who are struggling with HIV are more um, potentially more likely to have other issues come up. And so it's extraordinary how under one roof we try to address all those issues in different ways. And uh, it's critical because some organizations do housing alone or they do medical alone or they do mental health. And we really see ourselves as the critical component of offering uh, a whole gamut. Uh, we call it the wheel of services. One, any service that you you can find you need. And we have people who are aging. And so we're, we're now looking at issues like um, what kind of senior medical care or medical services or social support services do you need that you might not have needed when you were younger? Is the are people who are experiencing homelessness especially vulnerable to HIV? Yeah, you know the 
The interesting thing about it is that, um, well, I mean, people that are experiencing homelessness oftentimes have high mental health issues and high addiction issues, and those things can lead to being more vulnerable to getting HIV. Um, so there, there, there is a disproportionate number of people in uh, the homelessness sector, but what we find is that that when you get housed, it dramatically can impact your health in many ways. And for HIV, a lot of that's related to what we call medication adherence. That means how often you're taking your medicines, if you're taking them on a regular basis, you can reach viral suppression, which is a term that means there's just uh, undetectable levels of virus in your system and you can be healthy and live a pretty normal life. And when you're homeless and you're struggling with housing, it can be very, very difficult to take your medications on a regular basis. It can be very difficult to stay um, healthy. And so it's really important um, for us to, to intervene and work with this population and get them stable. In fact, when COVID hit, that was one of the first things we did. We went out and we found people that were living on the streets, um, living in their cars, living in shelters, and we uh, housed them in motels temporarily right away so that they could have a stable, life and um, get on medications and get into um, medical care and all those things that are really important. You're listening to Now Hear This. I'm Chris Spangle. We're talking to Alan Witchie, who is the president and CEO of the Damien Center, and their website is damien.org, D-A-M-I-E-N.org. I want to jump back. I mean, I'm 37, and so I was going to elementary school in the early 90s, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget where we were driving when Magic Johnson's press conference was being announced. And when I was a kid, HIV and AIDS seemed like such a, a big, terrifying thing. You thought, wow, Magic Johnson just got a life sentence, you know, and now here we are. We've watched him live a full life, uh, uh, you know, it seems... And I haven't obviously checked in. I mean, the, the headlines don't talk about it as much anymore. It's sort of now with covid you know, it's back in the headlines. Can you talk about the progress and where we're at now 30 years later, but also if someone is diagnosed with HIV at this moment in time, what's different in 2021 versus 1991? Yeah, you know, it's, it's dramatically different. I, I, I think um, a lot of people aren't aware of that, you know, because they are, as you said, I think there was a time when, HIV was in the news on a regular basis. And at that time, people were dying. Um, you know, when the Damien Center came around, we were really about holding someone's hand and comforting them and helping them die with dignity. And there weren't really a lot of medications or a lot that people could do. Um, and that's so different than it is today. I mean, today, um, people can take their medications. They can live a long, normal, ordinary life with a chronic condition. And uh, that's how we look at it now. It's, it's really just a chronic condition where um, you can live an ordinary life and, and have ordinary health. Um, but uh, some people struggle a little bit more with that, but by and large, it is not a death sentence. Um, and on top of it, uh, people can be very, very healthy. They can take their medications and they will not have a lot of those um, opportunistic infections that we used to talk about a lot too, you know, where people would get um, unusual cancers or unusual infections that, that could lead to really debilitating uh, time periods or even death. And that doesn't really happen very much anymore. So let's say I come into the Damien Center, I get tested and I am positive. 
What are the next steps that I would go through and how does the Damien Center assist in that? Sure. Well, the first first thing we would do is um, take you right into our intake room and get you scheduled right away. Um, we like to get um, immediate into care whenever possible. And that might be um, seeing your doctor or your your uh, nurse practitioner immediately on the day that you test positive. Most often that's what we do. Uh, and we can get a prescription right away. Um, but then you enroll with a case manager and um, they really take you through the process. They help you figure out uh, whether you're gonna need insurance to cover your medications, whether you need to get a regular uh, ongoing infectious disease doctor, whether, and they'll do a full assessment. Do you need help with uh, food? And do you need help with housing? Do you need uh, mental health support? Um, sort of a whole gamut of, of assessment that goes into that process. And you can get referrals within the agency to any of those services. It's, it's really, um, we're really proud of the fact that that um, people can come here, they can get to our medical care. And uh, now we're opening our very own pharmacy, which is very exciting, uh, Damien Pharmacy, which will be opening March um, 1st officially, but it's uh, doing some prescriptions now, but all that means that we can get medications to people, we can get medical care to people without having a big co-pays or cost to the patient because we can provide those at no cost to most people. That's fantastic. So let's talk about the size and scope here in Indianapolis. I know you serve 4,000 individuals. Uh, the federal government has identified Indianapolis as one of the 48 HIV hotspots. Give us a, a size and scope of how many people in Indiana or Indianapolis are living with HIV or AIDS and um, how many people do you serve typically? Yeah, so there are about 12,000 people across the state. Um, and Damien Center, we, we do serve people statewide. So we have people in about um, somewhere around 70 or so counties now. And um, some people come here, some people get telehealth and so on. In central Indiana, there is about, you know, about six to 7,000 um, cases. And so the majority of the statewide cases are here in central Indiana. And so we see quite a few people here. Um, most of the new cases that you see are, are uh, oftentimes the majority are in uh, communities of color, believe it or not. Their uh, African-American Latinx populations are in fact highest risk. So it's really important for people to know their status and to get tested. So let's talk about the Safe Syringe program. You, you just sort of touched on your indie outreach navigation and they have a satellite center at CAFE, Community Alliance of the Far East Side. Um, but you also have the Safe Syringe program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, we are doing what's called a harm reduction program right now. And um, for those of you who might understand what um, a Safe Syringe program is, Indiana does not have a law that allows anyone across the state to do those Safe Syringe programs. It has to be uh, sort of a crisis declared county by county. And so in Marion County, uh, Dr. Virginia Kane has declared that emergency that allows for a safe syringe program to happen. And the county right now is implementing one. So we have recently received funding to do a harm reduction program that works with people at very high risk um, who are injection drug users frequently and helping them to get into, um, get them into care, help them uh, with education, help them with um, treatment as appropriate. And 
that means um, that we don't have the sort of harm reduction means that we just don't have limitations. We'll work with somebody wherever they are, whatever moment they are, because um, so often they've they've lost their friends, their family, everybody, they've burned all the bridges and they need that, uh, that support at that moment. Uh, we are working towards actually doing the safe syringe exchange. There's some uh, policies related to that and how that has to be implemented. So we'll, we're going to be hopefully implementing that in the coming months, but the harm reduction piece we're starting right away, which is great. It's a brand new thing for us. Um, and we are doing those services both here on the near East side where our main base is, as well as on the far east side. We just opened an office on the far east side around 38th and Post in the um, cafe, the, the Far East Community Center. Um, and uh, that's an exciting new collaboration for us to work with that group out there. Um, but the harm reduction is really important. There's, we know at least 10% of people who get HIV get it through injection drug use. And it's the program, it's, it's the least likely programming to exist right now. So we felt it was really important to be doing that and to fill um, a gap and helping to provide those services. So folks want to get involved in helping your work. What are some ways that people can either donate or volunteer if you accept volunteers at this time? Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. We, uh, we, we do, do accept volunteers. We have a great volunteer manager and they can reach out to her, um, Tessa, Tessa Barnard, and um, request opportunities. So we do have a number of volunteer opportunities that have been done virtually, as well as uh, some on site. Uh, so our food pantry has continued to provide um, food and support to people um, throughout the the, the pandemic. And so we have had volunteers really stepping up to help us um, deliver pantry orders to people's homes, uh, distribute them here on site, um, various different ways. Uh, we've done some other smaller volunteer opportunities uh, as long as we can remain socially um, distanced and safe with people. Um, as a, you know, through this pandemic, you know, we know what it's like to deal with a epidemic because we've been dealing with HIV. So we are very careful related to COVID and we know how to be safe. So we so we did discontinue volunteering for a while, but now we're back up and doing certain opportunities. So we'd love to have people help support us. People can go to our website at damien.org, damien.org um, to make donations. We're uh, need, in need of donations more than ever. Obviously with COVID, um, it's been a dramatic increase in the number of people accessing services with us and the kinds of services that they need. So more than ever, we need people to support us both with volunteering and donating. Alan Witchie, president and CEO of the Damien Center. Again, their website is damien.org. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, nowhearthisindy.com. Dot com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please email Gabby at nowhearthisindy at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. If you think you've heard everything the libertarian world has to offer, you've got another thing coming. Enemy of My Enemy is a fast-paced podcast that brings hyper-intelligent and qualified libertarians from the left, right, and center together to debate and discuss current events and the hottest topics. Don't settle for slow-paced, predictable shows filled with the same philosophy you've already heard before. Tune into Enemy of My Enemy for something fresh and educational. I look forward to seeing you there.